Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys inspiration, motivation, and a ton of tips to help you guys on your fitness journey. And today's episode is actually my 100th numbered episode. Woohoo! Exciting for me. I actually have more than 100 episodes, but this is my 100th numbered episode. Gonna have a couple of like those bonus episodes. Now I've got the at the whiteboard and a couple of other things going on, but super exciting because I still remember starting this podcast and being super nervous, not knowing if it was going to take off, if I was going to be able to keep up with it. And it's honestly one of my favorite things to do every single week. And it's usually something I do on the weekends. And I used to try and do it during the week, but I actually like just being able to sit and relax and, you know, after my day of training on, on Saturdays or early in the morning on Sundays to be able to knock out some, just some thoughts that I have that I want to share with you guys. And sometimes it's just, you know, looking at what I've been seeing as a common trend with some of my clients or the people that reach out to me on Instagram. And today really was just kind of troubleshooting. Uh, well, I've been doing a lot of troubleshooting in my own clients' journeys and honestly thought it would be a good episode to kind of put out there to talk to you guys about a lot of the mistakes that I see people making when they do start tracking macros or why maybe they're a little bit intimidated by tracking macros, or maybe they don't really understand the purpose of it. And Tonight's episode or today's episode, whenever you're listening to it, I want to really bring together some of the things that are going to help you guys understand why macro tracking is so effective and not just body composition changes, but actually getting you more educated to understand how the food you're eating impacts your body, uh, not just from an aesthetic perspective, but actually from a health perspective. Um, and then give you guys some things that maybe you're doing wrong that maybe might help you guys be more effective. And the whole purpose of this isn't to like, you know, obviously be like, oh my God, I've been doing this wrong the whole time and make you feel bad. I don't think anybody ever intentionally does these things in, like without thinking about it. I don't think that they're intentionally making these mistakes. Well, and there are a few things that are more guilt related that they don't want to track things because they feel guilty about it. But for the most part, I think they're all innocent mistakes, but it comes down to just not really paying attention. And, and tonight I want to give you guys some things to really focus on so that maybe you are in your own journey and you're tracking macros and, and you're kind of wanting to see if maybe there's something that you're doing that might be hindering your results a little bit, or maybe you're not seeing as much progress. And that's what today's all about. So if you get any value out of this episode or any of my values, <laughs> any of my values, any of my episodes, please shoot me a message, shoot me a DM. Let me know that you are listening, that you're liking it. And then obviously, if you guys have specific topics that you want, um, I would love to be able to break them down. And we're actually going into the holiday season. And I was actually going to make this an episode about the fact that we have 12, well, when this episode gets released, we're probably going to have about 12 weeks left of the year. And I could make a whole episode on that. I was going to talk to you guys about, you know, the fact that, you know, it's never too late to just start because if everybody's going to start on January 1st, why not get the head, get the head start, start your fitness journey now, because guess what? The holidays come every single year. There's no reason why you can't do what you got to do now. Start now. And I was going to make a whole episode on it, but I think I might just plug a little bit about that as we get going today. Maybe in a little short episode, I will do that. But 12 weeks, guys, October 1st is coming right around the corner. And that means we've got 12 weeks left to kind of to grind and, and see if we can get, get through towards the end of the year and then hopefully start a new year fresh. Hopefully not starting a new New Year's diet, because we all know that those go really well for about 30 days. And you guys all know my opinion on 30 day diets. So, well, maybe you don't, but you should, I don't like them. <laughs> so anyways, without further ado, without my small talk, let's get rolling on my seven, well, seven ish, eight ish, uh, macro tracking mistakes that I see people making. I don't even know why I said seven. I think it's like actually six that I have written down, but we'll see. Maybe I have seven. I'm going to pull up my notes just so I don't forget. Um, and honestly, I just hate staring at myself as well when I'm talking to you guys. I actually get distracted very easily. And it's why, okay, so Scott's going to kill me because I'm supposed to be doing these on YouTube. Um, and I'm having a hard time because when people start asking me questions, I want to answer the questions and it ends up getting me off topic. 
And so I also would love to hear from you guys, if you like that format, if you guys like me going on YouTube live and actually being able to ask questions live, I would also love to hear about that as well. And would love to maybe schedule that in on a weekly basis. So if that's something that you're interested in, let me know that too. So once again, I'm going to go ahead and get started. So first and foremost, the main thing that I want you guys to understand with tracking calories, macros, getting used to things is that this is a skill. It is a skill you are learning. And, and I think that people think that it's just, you start tracking macros one day and it's just all going to come together. And that day one, you're supposed to have it all figured out. And if you don't have it all figured out, it's just not going to work for you or it's frustrating. And, and it's not really the way it works. Like, you know, when we first start, you know, going to school, we're, we're learning math. We're not learning calculus in first grade. Right. I, I just love using analogies like that because you guys have to realize that it is a skill you're learning you're going to make mistakes along the way. And, and the goal really is that you're learning from those mistakes, not being like, oh, this is too much for me. I can't do this. Because when you guys understand that there is so much power you can get by having the understanding of your macronutrients, it, it makes intuitive eating so much easier. It makes, you know, learning how to eat at maintenance so much easier. It, it, it just makes so much life, so much food stuff, so, so many things in life related to food so much easier. You know, you can understand how to, if you're on vacation, you're traveling, you know, all of those things are the whole purpose of, of using a tool like macro counting. And if you guys aren't doing it that way, you're not learning things and you're just like logging and scanning and going about your day, you're really missing a huge opportunity to teach yourself how to eat. And that's really the main thing is that our common day world is just so far from what we should be eating intuitively because we're so conditioned to eat what's convenient available. And, and honestly, what helps alleviate the stress that we're under most people stress eat, they, they just, they just wing it all the time. They don't, they don't prioritize nutrition, which what you put in your body is the most important thing. And with counting calories, with counting macros, whether it's intentionally to lose body weight or just to see what you're taking in is a huge skill and a huge learning opportunity for you. So I want you guys to understand that with macro counting, the number one thing, and the first thing that I'm going to talk about the biggest mistake is not being intentional with your logging. So when you guys are logging your foods, you guys should be being intentional. And this is where a lot of people start to have issues. They have problems. So a couple of things that happen with non, non-intentional logging is people tend to not check the nutrition facts of what they're logging. So they might, you know, my fitness pal is notorious. You type in chicken breast and you get 5 million different entries up there. Is it cooked or is it raw? Is it grilled or roasted? Is it you know, is it, does it have dressing or does it have sauce on it? You know, there's so many different entries in there. So non-intentional logging is number one. And there's a few components of this that I'm going to talk about. The one, number one, as I'm already talking about is not checking those nutrition facts, scanning a barcode and actually not looking to make sure that the, the macronutrients that you scan are lining up with the serving size that you're having, you know, just kind of scanning and winging it. And, and if you guys aren't checking the loot labels and looking at, Hey, how much chicken breast am I having? How much proteins in that amount of chicken breast? You know, how much, how much, how big is my serving of, you know, this cereal, how, how many calories and macros or how much carbs are in that? That's going to give you guys the option to start learning things. And guess what? That's also how you can end up being more flexible with your food choices, because when you're scanning those things and then you go to replace them with something else, now you start to figure out the equivalent portion sizes from, if I'm changing out, you know, for instance, if I'm changing out my carbs, let's just say one day I want to have rice. The other day I want to have sweet potato. When I start logging with intent and I'm actually looking at those numbers, I, I'll start to remember, oh, okay, I know that six ounces of raw sweet potato is about, you know, a hundred or, you know, 60 grams of jasmine rice or whatever that might look like. I'm just giving you guys some, some numbers out of my head, but 
not checking the nutrition facts. And I actually think I'm going to put together a little guide and I will actually put, if I get it done before this podcast episode goes out, I will go ahead and put that in the show notes for you guys to kind of um, let you guys understand, maybe looking at, I actually have a common food guide that you guys can do, but maybe a little guide with all of these things in it. Um, but the common foods is, is huge. There's a couple of places that I always look for nutrition facts. Nutritionix is a good one, the USDA, um, and just really double checking those things. And, and it's being a nutrition detective. Now you're like, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. You, it's work you've never done. You've been eating this food for years and years and years and never taking the time to figure out like, well, what's actually in this? And and that might take what, an extra two minutes to go to Google and type in USDA or Nutritionix and be like top sirloin cooked and see what's actually in that. But that's how you learn. And guess what? Once you do it the first time, the cool thing is my fitness pal tracks your common foods. It tracks the foods that you've recently logged. So it's going to stay there. You look it up once, you no longer have to look it up again. Once again, this is a progression. So yeah, the first time you're logging things, it's going to take you a little bit longer, but do your homework and log it right. Another issue with not being intentional with your logging is people tend to log generic entries. So, you know, you're having, you're making spaghetti and meatballs and that's what they log, spaghetti and meatballs. They type in spaghetti and meatballs in... (laughs) In my fitness pal, and you get five million different en- entries. Is it Susie Q's spaghetti and meatballs? Is it you know Romeo's spaghetti and meatballs? Is it your spaghetti and meatballs? What kind of meat are you using in the meatballs? Is it ground turkey or lean ground beef, or is it ground chuck and ground pork? Like, is it you know you know a, a whole wheat pasta or a regular pasta? What kind of tomato sauce are you using? Is it a homemade sauce? And once again, I understand this t- takes a little bit of time, but if you're going to make those combination meals do your homework and go ahead and create a recipe. Cause guess what? Now, once you create the recipe the first time, you can just keep using that exact same recipe every time you make it. And now you don't have to keep looking for it again. This is big things like chicken soup, a burger. People are just like hamburger. Like, no, it's like, it's bread. It's a, it's a burger patty of some type. What kind of meat is it? Is there cheese on it? How much mayo's on it? All those things matter. And if you're not taking the time to do that, you're likely not getting the results that you want to see. So you need to make sure that you're doing that. You also can't always rely on restaurants. You have to kind of look and make sure that you're actually looking at what's in there. Like that's why I honestly think that when you guys eat out, if you're not seeing progress, one of the biggest things to troubleshoot and I'll go down this as we get into eating out is, it's just understanding like making your food choices at restaurants a little bit simpler so that you don't have to stress about all those things. Um, I already kind of mentioned like the lazy scanning and logging, you know, just scanning the barcode because it's convenient. It's okay to do that but just make sure that you're actually looking at what you're scanning and making sure that it lines up with what you see on the package. And if it doesn't, that might mean you have to do a little more homework and type it in and, or look it up. You can also, if you don't want to go through that hassle and you can't find it in there, just create your own food. If you can't find the right entry in my fitness pal, you can also create a food that's going to take you a couple of minutes. I do that all the time with my first form products. So like I just got a new, uh, new bottle of first form, their lunar pie flavor, which is amazing. Um, I will put the link to that in my, in my, uh, show notes as well. Um, but I, um, couldn't find the entry that shows it in grams. It was only like by the scoop. And I don't always just use a scoop. I often will use like a, t- like I'll use like 15 grams and I'll add it to my oatmeal or whatever, just to add flavor. So I wanted to be able to do that. So I added my own entry. It takes me a, a couple of extra minutes, but now it's in there. I don't have to ever worry about it again. Another thing that people are not intentional about logging is that when they are cooking, they're not logging the cooking oils or the condiments or the creamers. They're they're forgetting those things. 
you know, oh, it's just a little bit of oil in the pan. Well, it matters. It does matter. And so taking the time to do that stuff. And if you don't want to do it, don't use it. <laughs> Add it after you're done cooking. Like, I mean, I am a big proponent for people just using a little bit of Pam spray or even like chicken broth and things like that are super easy to kind of keep the moisture in the bottom of the pan so that it doesn't stick and not really adding a whole bunch of calories. So the creamer in your coffee, people forget about the creamer in their coffee or they're, or they're just logging a Starbucks generic latte. They're not thinking about, okay, how much cream did I put in there? By the way, if you guys do order coffees at Starbucks, do yourself a favor, ask for the cream on the side, put your own creamer in. It takes you, it, it's not bothering them. Do they have to give you a little vat of cream? Yep, they do. But guess what? Now you can control the amount of cream that they're putting in your coffee. Because if you've ever watched them pour cream in your coffee, it's literally about a quarter cup. So you're probably doing yourself a disservice if you're getting those lattes from Starbucks. So taking the time to do that stuff. So number one, as I mentioned, is the non-intentional logging. Number two, and this kind of goes with number one, they all, I mean, they're all going to kind of go together, is lack of consistency in uh, the food journal. And I see this all the time. Um, people changing their foods every single day. And I don't think it's because they actually want to change their foods every single day. It's usually because they're just winging it every single day. And they're like, what are we having for dinner? What are we having for lunch? And it's like, they're always thinking, guys, that is probably one of the most stressful things you can do. I am sure that you leave every day with a headache of like, there's no way that I can play macro Tetris eight o'clock because I've winged it all day. Um, and it also, I'm going to be honest, the body likes consistency. And if there's too much vary, too many variables from day to day, I think it also makes results plateau. And I don't want to say it's necessarily uh, the calories. I think that the thermic effect of feeding plays a factor that sometimes when we're switching out more thermogenic foods for less thermogenic foods, we might see some discrepancies there, but it does make a difference. And I also think that just making it simple for yourself and kind of creating a meal plan, by the way, a meal plan that you can create that you enjoy is going to be easy for you. And then changing it up here and there, like I said before about the rice versus sweet potato, those swaps are good, but I think it's when it becomes completely different meals, which is where I honestly think that if people just got back to basics with meals, which is one of my tips I'm going to give you guys today is protein, carb, veggie, fat, and you're just switching out those components, it's, it's still going to be pretty consistent. You know, obviously if you're swapping a low fat protein for a high fat protein, that's going to be a little bit inconsistent, but for the most part, if I'm swapping like chicken for shrimp or chicken for a white fish, if I'm like I mentioned, you know, switching rice for potato, or maybe I want a sandwich one day, you know, I'm trying to keep foods that are simple on hand, which I'm going to go over in my tips tonight, um, by keeping those things so I can plug and play. But the winging it thing is a huge thing. And it's also what like, likely these people makes people frustrated because they're never learning. Okay. You know, we all know we get hungry at specific times of the day. We get cravings at different times of day. When you start to have consistency in your food, you can now build in meals and snacks that help fit those times for what your body likes. And now you're learning how to fuel your body the right way. So getting some consistency in your foods rather than winging it is going to be a huge help for you guys. Number three I wrote down is eating out too often. Now, eating out is okay. It is part of our social life. Um, but a lot of people can be social every single day and we can eat out every single day. And if you are trying to dial in your nutrition, this is one of the worst things for you to do. The more often you eat out, the less control you have over what's going in. And I don't want people bringing their food scale to a restaurant. Now, if you're eating out every single day, you might have to start doing that because now you're honestly, that's probably the only way to be able to control things. So, but eating out too often. And, and the other thing about this is when people eat out, there's, there's two types of eating out. 
there's eating out and still sticking to your plan and realizing that you can find pretty similar choices to what you're going to have at home. And there's eating out all the time and just having whatever we want. And that's not really teaching you anything. So when you're eating out, make sure that you are intentional about your logging and you're intentional about your choices. And I often remind people to ask themselves, is this a social meal where the food is the, the priority? Like it's a, a potluck special occasion, um, like a party celebration, or is it like, I'm just eating out to hang out with somebody and have a conversation. You know, you can really decipher when is it an important time for you to be able to be a little bit more flexible and a little bit more inconsistent with your food choices. Whereas the other times you're trying to be as consistent as you can, but eating out too often is a big one. It just leaves way too much room for variables. If you guys are eating out, a couple of um, little tips I'll give you guys is always make sure you log an extra tablespoon of oil because they use a lot of oil in their cooking and always overestimate things. I also like people looking at chain restaurants if you're not breaking down the food that you're having into components. Like, so for instance, I recently went to Miller's Ale House and I had a mahi grilled sandwich. Um, and I logged, you know, a, a white roll. I log, I logged like a Publix Kaiser roll, uh, six ounces of mahi and a tablespoon of oil, lettuce and tomato and mustard. And I had a side of broccoli and something else. I had some, I had an appetizer with it, but I, I logged all that stuff separate because it was easy for me. But if I'm logging something that is maybe at a restaurant, um, making sure that you're looking up their restaurant facts or finding something similar, you know, Chili's, you know, Chili's, TGI Fridays, uh, Outback, Longhorn chain pizza restaurants, you can always find something to help with this mom and pop. By the way, I do have a social eating guide. If you guys want that, that goes over all that as well. I got a ton of guys, you guys, if you're not in my Facebook group, cause they're all posted in my Facebook group, you guys can get copies of all of them, but eating out too often is a big one. Um, okay. Now we're going into the nitty gritty. This is where people start to get, Oh, this is frustrating. All right. Number one, two, three, this is number four because I didn't number these, um, is not weighing and measuring portions. And this is the, probably the biggest pitfall people fall into. They are eyeballing things. And I found this, I, I used to eyeball a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And I was wondering why I wasn't getting results. Well, I was eyeballing my peanut butter, which was not a tablespoon of peanut butter. It was two or three tablespoons of peanut butter because the serving sizes are so small guys. You have to realize weighing and measuring your food is most important. If you guys are wanting to get accurate result, accurate or good results. Um, that's going to give you accuracy. It doesn't take any more time. you literally just have to put your food on a scale and it's ensuring that you're getting the right amounts. Now, the other thing that does is once again, going back to intentional logging, you should also be intentionally weighing. So when you're weighing that food out, are you actually looking at what you're putting on there? It's kind of like, okay, now you're learning how to eyeball things so that when you are without a food scale or you don't want to use a food scale anymore, you've done it so many times that you can literally do it like the, you could see it like the back of your hand. Like it's that in your memory. And that's where people are like, God, how do you, how are you so good at like logging and, and tracking and weighing? Well, I've been doing it for a long time. I wasn't always good at it. I had to learn at some point. Um, so you got, you got to learn and, and weighing and measuring your food is a tool. It's a tool that you can use. And if you want to get really good results, do the really good work. It's, just, it's plain and simple. The better you work, the more detail you put into your work, the better your results are going to be. And like I said, it doesn't take any extra time. I recommend weighing and weighing things more than measuring. A lot of measuring cups are not as accurate. By the way, it also is just more dishes you have to do. It actually takes more time out of your day than to just put things on a food scale. Um, if you don't know the negative weight option, I also have a guide for that as well. Well, it's pretty simple. Just put the container on the scale, hit zero, and then you scoop out what you want. 
and then it tells you how much you took out because it's going to say negative yada 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 so makes easy for you guys to do that stuff so don't be lazy with your weighing and measuring make sure that you're doing that um i always always get questions like what about raw versus cooked obviously it's going to be more accurate raw because that's in its pure form um however whatever is going to be most consistent for you and as long as there's single ingredient foods it is okay to do them cooked. You just want to make sure that you're actually being accurate with how you're entering those things. So always search for cooked entry. I, I will, like I said, I'll go ahead and put that guide that I have for common foods because I do have one that has like, well, rice, you know, raw versus cooked. And once again, it's going to be, there's going to be some variables in the cook because obviously everybody's rice is going to come out some a little drier, some a little bit wetter. So the amount of water you add to it is going to change the weight of the cooked batch. So it's definitely more accurate raw, but however you're weighing it, you want to make sure that you're logging it that way. So I have a couple of different entries or a, a, a guide for you guys to see a couple of different items, not a couple, a lot of different items for you guys to look at. So, but I would say that raw is best. Um, if you, what I normally do just to give you my own tips is I actually have, it's funny because I did meal prep today. I have a little notepad always by my, um, when I'm cooking and what I typically do, because I do kind of food prep, I don't really meal prep per se. I typically will separate my vegetables at the beginning, beginning of the week in my servings, but my meats and my starches, I keep separate because I'll probably change those day to day based on like what I've eaten. If I have to add a little bit more of one or the other. So I will typically like today I cooked uh, ground turkey breast and raw, it was 15.74 ounces. So I wrote that down, cooked it up when it was done cooking, it was 13.59 ounces. So I write down those two numbers. I did the same thing with my ground beef that I made. It was 16.18 raw, 11.33 cooked. So I write those numbers down. So now throughout the week, I have the raw versus the cooked measure. And I'm just a math geek. So what I do is I log my food, the amount of raw protein I should be having. So like, for instance, today, I needed to have four ounces of raw beef, but it's already cooked, right? So I essentially, I divide 11.33 by 16.18. That gives me a percentage of what is left, which was like 0.7. Um, and then I just times that by four. And that tells me how much of the cooked I should get. And that's my mathematical way of doing it. You know, there's a lot of simpler ways. You can create a recipe, whatever you want to do. But do your homework and figure out what works best for you. Some people just want to separate it right off the bat, make it easier for, for themselves, whatever works better for you. I like to be able to have that um, the option to change things as I go throughout the week. All right, so the next one I put on here, and this is another big one, not logging the BLTs, the bites, licks, and the taste throughout the day. So this kind of goes into the condiment and the creamers, but also like people like are like, I'm hungry and they're cooking dinner and they grab a couple of pretzels um, or they're cleaning up after the kids and the kid left half a cookie on their plate so they're eating the cookie. You know, it's, it's those types of things that you guys have to really realize that do play a factor. When I'm manipulating calories, sometimes I'm only manipulating hundred calories. If you had, you know, half a serving of pretzels, half a muffin, there's probably 150 calories right there that I'm not seeing as a coach. So if you want to get the best results, you got to log those things. I honestly think that getting out of that habit is the best habit to break. You know, I think that snacking and, and grazing and stuff like that, you know, used to kind of be this like, I don't know, sexy thing to do. Like, I'm just a grazer. Like it was kind of looked at like the, I don't know, like the skinny people do that. That's really not, it's really not. I think that people that graze and snack all the day, they're usually 
eating way too much. They're missing those calories. And it's why they never feel like they're eating. They always feel like they're not, they don't ever, they, they're the ones that always say, I don't hardly ever eat anything. I really don't eat meals. Well, that's because you graze all day. It's a difference. And, and they don't realize how caloric those things that they're grazing are on are. So logging those BLTs, they all matter and just, or just not logging them at all. Also logging things like supplements, people taking gummy vitamins, there's calories and carbs in those. You know, I have the ashwagandha gummies. Those have, I think, 17 carbs in three. So you got to log those. I mean, 17 carbs is like almost a bowl of oatmeal, you know? So it's like, people don't realize that those three gummies could literally be throwing you over. So making sure that you're logging all those BLTs. Another one, this kind of goes into the consistency with, uh, the, the food choices and winging it is not logging ahead or trying to remember what you ate all day at the end of the day or the next day. Guys, if you're doing that, you're forgetting things. And I know this because guess what? These people never get results. And they're always like, I don't know why I'm not seeing results. I logged everything. Like you didn't log it till the next day. I know those, those, those entries are likely not accurate. You gotta be, if, if you really want a goal, Think about it this way, guys. If you're not doing these things that I'm telling you because you think that they're hard work, ask yourself this, like how much does your goal really mean to you? Like how much does it mean to you to actually understand nutrition? Like to know how to fuel your body? How, how much do you actually want to be able to eat intuitively? You know, like all the things that can happen from doing these, by the way, also fixing your relationship with food because guess what? Now we're not demonizing a food group. We're actually teaching you where all these foods fit into the plan. If you want the cookie, have the cookie, but where does it fit in? How does it fit in? What do you have to replace with it? Okay, now you see, you know, so not logging ahead of time, planning and just kind of winging it, you're always going to be failing. You're, you're planning to literally be in a state of chaos every single day. And some people can play macro Tetris at the end of the day. That's fine. Not what I want to do and not what I recommend for a lot of my clients. I think it leads to a lot of stress, headache, and it actually leads to a lot of burnout because you're focusing so much mental energy at the end of your day when you really shouldn't have to. It should just be plug and play and done which is actually part of my next step. My last one is not pre-planning your meals and snacks. As I mentioned in the consistency part, you guys are in control of creating a meal plan that works for you. You get all the tools, you understand, you start to learn the nutrition facts of those foods. Now you can plug and play. You can change flavors. You can find dressings that fit the bill. You can find sauces that you like. You can try and seize different seasonings. You can try different food combinations. There is nothing off limits as long as you're building these plans to fit your day. And that comes with a couple of, of tips though. And pre-planning your food is important. When you guys are pre-planning your food, it's not just logging what you want. It's logging what your body needs and what tastes good to fill those bill, that fill, that bill. That's intuitive eating. It's not just, I feel like having a donut. So I'm going to have a donut for breakfast. It's okay. I like sweets in the morning. So I want to have something sweet in the morning. What can I have that hits my protein, carbs, and fat that's actually sweet? Or um, I like salty, crunchy things. How can I get something salty and crunchy with my lunch? Pre-planning your foods is going to give you guys that freedom to plan those things that you enjoy that actually fit your plan. So a couple of things that people go wrong here is that they're not thinking about satiation factor of foods. And they tend to either log really dense things and then they're getting really, really hungry or really high volume things as they're trying to eat really clean and then they can't eat all the food. So learning that balance is also something that you guys are going to learn along the way. You guys have to realize, like, once again, I'm going to reiterate, this is a skill 
and a learning curve. You are progressing. Just like going to school, we don't go from like kindergarten to 12th grade. We have to learn things as we go. And that's why focusing on the consistency in these habits will make it easier for you. So do your homework and and really take this seriously because guess what? You nip it in the butt now, you never have to worry about it again for the rest of your life. You understand nutrition. And that's so important for you guys to understand is that nutrition is everything. It's, it's, it's your lifeline. And just eating without knowing how that food is affecting your body is likely why most people are not seeing results and they're not as healthy as they could be. All the, all the shit that people want to run down the rabbit hole of hormones and my metabolism and yada, yada, yada. Well, do you understand what you're eating, how it impacts your body? I didn't even go into fiber and all stuff. I just wanted to go over the, the mistakes. So kind of, you know, reiterating these things, be intentional with your logging, make sure that you're not choosing the generic entries. You're, you're looking for the nutrition facts, being consistent with your food choices, kind of working on building a meal plan that is enjoyable for you and that you can be consistent with rather than winging it. Not eating out too often. I would recommend no more than twice a week. If it's a convenience thing because you're out of food, then you are looking for almost mimicking things that you would get at home, like looking for the grilled chicken breast in the salad and then making it up with whatever you have at home. Um, making sure that you're weighing and measuring your portions because not weighing and measuring your portions is leaving in entirely too many variables. Logging your BLTs, making sure that you're logging ahead of time and then making sure that you are pre-planning your food. So those are the things that I find that people are not doing that they should be doing. Now I'm going to kind of go into a couple of things here that are going to help you guys in terms of making it a little easier for yourselves once you do the preliminary. So, you know, you've got, you're, you're starting to look at the food facts. You're starting to understand the food facts. You're getting really consistent with your logging. You're logging ahead of time. You're doing all these things, right? Well, there are still some time-saving things that you guys can be doing in my fitness pal that can help you guys that don't want to do the same thing every day, right? Number one is you want to keep your recipes simple. So if you are always making mixed dishes, do yourself a favor and mix that. Unless you like to take the time to build the recipes. I would say if you're going to do that, maybe keep a rotation of like four or five recipes and keep the ingredients raw the same. And then you can kind of plug and play in my fitness pal, creating a recipe there. That would probably be the best case scenario. But I would honestly say just keeping it simple, especially in the beginning, because you can always add it on later. If you're struggling right now to get started or you are trying to just dial things in and you're not wanting to be frustrated, that's probably the best place to start. Uh, Pre-logging your meals, kind of something that I already talked to you guys about in talking about things that people are not doing, but taking five minutes in the beginning of your morning, like with breakfast or the night before, and just plugging everything in. And then you don't have to think about it all day, especially if you're a busy individual that is on the go a lot, or you're always having to, you know, eat things on the go. Um, you just don't, don't really have a lot of time to think about food. Now you don't really have to think about it. It also allows you to plan foods based on your schedule. So if you know that you're going to be in your car most of the day and you're not going to be home, like you can plan things that are easy to eat. You know, that's also the flexibility of this, right? So that's the cool thing about this. In my fitness pal, um, using the copy to feature or the swipe feature, um, turning on where it says like you can, um, there's a feature in my fitness pal under each meal where it says something like you can copy from yesterday. Um, it's called smart copy, turn that on. And if you're eating the same breakfast, like swipe yesterday, or you can also create those meals. If you have like two or three rotational breakfasts that you eat, create those meals. And now you're just having to just type that in every single time you have it saves you so much time and effort. And that's really also important. Um, 
as I already mentioned the whole doing your homework. So here's the thing about doing your homework on the, on the, on the food facts is once you log them in, even if you're creating your own first, your own new food, cause you don't want to go through the headache of trying to find the right one in my fitness pal, which is easier sometimes go ahead and pre-log them in like once somewhere, because now they're already in there. You won't have to search for them again. So if you buy a new product, go ahead and, you know, search for it, find it. Now it's there for you. Every time you go to log it, it's already there. Like that's what I do with all of my foods. Um, creating recipes and meals and things you often eat, which is something that I just mentioned. And the last thing I'm going to say here is keeping simple foods, one macro foods on hand. So if you guys do find that you're often, um, like way under on, on protein or carbs, but like way over on fat, it usually means that you have way too many combination foods in your plan. Um, whether it's you're making pre-made or you have pre-made meals that are being delivered to you, whether it's your carb sources are also a source of fats like tortilla chips or, um, like cookies, a lot of the, a lot of the fun foods, um, rather than having those simple one macro foods. So things like cereal, rice, um, whole grain breads, um, potatoes, you know, those types of things, chicken breast, uh, ground turkey breast, lean fishes, shrimps, you know, like low fat Greek yogurts, things that are like one macro primarily so that you guys have those on hand for filling in. And it also makes it a lot easier for you guys to build meals that way. So a lot of things today, but mostly more application-based because I wanted to give you guys some things to think about that might be going wrong that you're doing that you could actually correct very easily and be more successful. So I am going to put together a macro tracking mistake guide and I'm going to, if you guys want it, just shoot me a message. And uh, when it gets all done, I'm probably going to work on it tomorrow, actually, for you guys to kind of see these are some things that I do to troubleshoot. So if you want a visual of it, I will do that. I do have a common food list though for you guys, if you want that. Um, and obviously, like I mentioned, the social eating guide. So hop in my Facebook group. If you're not already in there, there's a lot of value in there as well. Um, but that's what I got for you guys tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If there's other things that you guys have questions about with macro tracking that you want to know about, shoot me a message, shoot me a DM. I will, um, obviously want to help you out. So, uh, have a good day.